Are we number one? Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figure. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Collective Cast. Newest news on oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles. 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. Watch out, watch out! We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive! With informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. No, no, no. An Octavito with Tempest The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne, Steven Chewbacca, 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 and Stephen B. Deadly. I've got you now, Betty Kenobi. Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Packet, new from Kenner. Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Wampa Wampa, Space Freaks. Welcome to the podcast for September of 2010. Here we go. I've almost lost track, Steve. I think it's number eight. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Is that Eight right? sounds good. All my notes are all mixed up. Uh, I'm coming to you from the uh, the nice shores of the Erie Canal out here in western New York. W- where are you, Steve? Oh, um, actually, this is like the last week in the Ribera studio on Galita. From Erie Canal to the Pacific, uh, Kivecast delivers. <laughs> but uh, this has been, you know, on a personal note, Steve, I think we should uh, tell anyone that if you're listening to us, in this month, that means that uh, this show will never end, because uh, this has been like the hardest month of my life. How's it been for you? It's been pretty insane, man. Ever since I got back from the convention, uh, then the trip, backpacking thing, which was great, but ever since I got home, I've just been running around nonstop. Brain just hasn't shut down yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Steve's like going to school full time. He's working full time. I just started a job. I got a grade like uh, sixty quizzes tonight. I got a grade like thirty two page compositions, and oh, uh, you know it's it's a good nine thirty at night. But it's good, you know. It's uh, so yeah. So it's, it's been a crazy month, but but a good month. Yeah, man. It's been a tumultuous September. I, know. I can't even. I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, I've been so busy, I haven't been able to check the for- the forums every day, and it seems like every day I go to check, there's some new post with hundreds and hundreds of threads. Um, but, you know, it's 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 also been an amazing time, uh, you know, with my family. Uh, I told you this the other day, Steve, but uh, my, my son, he was looking through my box of Star Wars toys. <laughs> and uh, he, he picks up the old Biker Scout, you know, my old favorite toy, the little Biker Scout. <laughs> right. And he goes... Poppy, that's what he calls me. Poppy, <laughs> I don't like vintage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I thought there's two ways of looking at this. One is okay, you know that's terrible. My son doesn't like vintage. And I thought, on the other hand, my four-year-old knows what vintage is. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll put that as a, as a well, you know one in the W column. I thought that was a win. Yeah, I like that. I, we could use that as a promo thing yeah. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Poppy, I don't like vintage. It's been been quite a move. The the entire museum now, Steve, is just uh, I have a whole bunch of card backs on my desk, um, <laughs> and that's it. Everything else is in boxes. It's in the storage space. It's in closets. Uh, you got to have some tangible reference there. You can't you can't have it all packed away. There's got to yeah. be something down about. <laughs> so I just have the the, the card backs. So you know, kind of get, getting back to the more visceral reaction 
but uh, it's <laughs> it, it's a it's a big big big. I, you know, I don't even think we're going to get to most of our regular features because there's been so much no. news. We're not going to have time to do you know a lot of the things that we do. Um, yeah, which is great because I thought, oh, after Celebration Five, everything's just going to die. You know, it's just been like the exact opposite. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's been like three years of news in, in one month. Mm-hmm. So, uh, unless uh, do you have anything else you want to add there, Steve? I think we're ready to hit it. Let's uh, do it. All right, well, let's hit the cavalcade of news and scandal. News from the stars. Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. Here's the news. All right, Steve. Without a doubt, the biggest news, the most interesting thing to happen, I think, since I've ever collected, it, it boils down to two words. What are those two <laughs> words, Steve? Do you know what I'm going to say? I have two ideas. I want to go with the first one. I'm going to go with Jesse's girl. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl, and I want to make her mine. That's good, Steve. I was going for Rick Springfield, but I would take Jesse's girl, too. Or in this case, Jesse's head man. Right. It, it has recently come to the attention that not only is Rick Springfield a collector, he is a super collector. <laughs> and I'm actually surprised, Steve, because I, mean, I think you were born at least a decade after Jesse's girl came out. Uh, but, uh, not quite, but yeah. I, I'm impressed that you know who he was. I'd be like, is that Bruce Springsteen's brother? <laughs> Which is what I thought when I when I grew up. I was like, they must be the same guy. <laughs> but yeah, so so Rick Springfield is a collector, and on his Facebook account, he, he first of all called himself a nerd, and then, I mean, there's so many great things about this whole discovery. One is that Rick Springfield is still alive, and then, <laughs> and then he seems to be a really cool guy, and then he has like he has like twenty thousand friends or something, and they're all like. You know, 40-year-old moms. Anyways. Right, right. <laughs> and he's calling himself a nerd. And he's calling himself a nerd because he's, he's showing this amazing carded figure. And uh, it's... it's uh, Steve, I was thinking we could even have a little link to a small nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget from the archive. Which is the headman? Now, what what right. is the headman? It's uh, you know, isn't this like the, the rarest of the Uze Turkish figure figures? And there was only one uh, confirmed or you know known carded example of one of these. And then here we have Rick Springfield holding one in his hand in a Facebook photo, <laughs> which is just awesome. Yeah, Rick Springfield's <laughs> already got one. They've already got one. It's uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's amazing, you know, because the for those of you that don't know, so Uze produced bootleg figures of, of uh, Star Wars in, in Turkey in the mid to late 80s, and they came up with two original figures based off of the, the Hoth Stormtrooper. One of them was painted blue, and he was Blue Stars, and I think he's cooler, but he's more common. And then right. there was Headman, who's just... The, the Royal Guard, right? Yeah, oh, that's right, of course, yeah. 
Oh, I'm getting all mixed up. I'm going to get angry emails now from the bootleg mafia. <laughs> and I didn't know nothing about the mafia. <laughs> Figured I'd try and save you. Yeah, th- thanks, Steve. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that that was based off the Royal Guard, but they painted him different colors. They gave him, like... An awesome, this, like, Viking shield. Yeah, an awesome Viking shield. Sport, yeah. And they called him Head Man. <laughs> Which, I'm trying to think, Steve. Do, do they mean, like, head as in, like, he's the the king of the bad guys? Or, like... Here's a guy with a head. I don't know. I mean, he, I thought, like, head honcho, but then he's got a crazy helmet. That Right. When, when you take the cloak away from that figure, the, the head looks kind of weird. So I don't know. It, <laughs> you can read it in many ways. There are, are many mysteries. So there's <laughs> only, you know, as far as anyone knew, okay, not as far as anyone, as far as most collectors knew, myself included, right. Steve, I don't think you knew no. I, don't, I don't think you've been in contact with Rick Springfield. No. As far as we all knew, there was only one of these, which made uh, Joe Iglesias's full set of Uze figures just unbelievable, just unparalleled and unmatched because it had this one of, one of a kind. But that's until Jesse's girl pops up and, uh, and shows a picture <laughs> of himself on Facebook. And, and I have a... You know, Steve, I tried to find it on Facebook, and I can't find it anymore. I don't know if I'm not looking in the right place. Oh, you know, I, the way I found it, it was in the first page of that thread. And I, I remember when I came on it last night, I ended up just saving it. It's like, I need to just have this thing right here. Right. That's <laughs> so a, I can have I saved it for the today. image, but the, the comments were almost as good. Oh, yeah, the comments, <laughs> they've actually gotten better. Really? Um, yeah, uh, you know Joe Y has actually. I don't know if you'd seen it when he was getting involved. Maybe he had. Um, yeah, I saw a little bit that it it made, so it started off as this eight. thing where Rick Springfield is like, "Oh, I'm such a nerd. I have a Star Wars figure of a guy that wasn't from the movies," and all yeah. the forty year old moms are all like, "Oh, you are such a nerd," you know. Uh, but to, come loving to, it, yeah. yeah. Come to <laughs> come to Kenosha and play our state fair, you know that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> right. And but, uh, then, and then all of a sudden, Joe gets into a flame war, right? Uh, about this piece, and it, it was just—it's just funny seeing someone that you know, like being himself, but kind of in the wrong circumstance. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> it was like a rebel scum disagreement on Rick Springfield's Facebook page. Um, yeah, it's—I've oh, never seen anything like this. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then on Rebel <laughs> Scum itself, there was this whole thing. I mean, it was like. Uh, you know, I used to watch a lot of documentaries on uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and, and JFK. So, you know, there's all the studies of, is the picture with Oswald holding the rifle, is it doctored? Is that really right, him? Does right. the shadow fall right across the rifle? And everyone was saying, this picture of Rick Springfield, it, it's, it's not real. Altered. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because for some reason, the, the head man itself is a totally different color, and his finger's like a different color. He's got a zombie finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah someone called it. A zombie finger, and uh, someone someone commented on him having man boobs. But I'm like, man, I'm sorry, I, I'm not going to make fun of Rick Springfield. You know, if he's a, a rock star and he has Star Wars stuff, you know, that's that's just jealousy. You know, that's just hate. But uh, yeah, so that created this whole debate: was it photoshopped? It does he not really have the head man? And well, <laughs> it was confirmed by Joe himself uh, that yes, Rick Springfield is a big enough collector to own it. And, right. uh, and he knows it. And what was great was the, the archaeology, where all of yeah. a sudden this whole debate broke out. And uh, where was it? I think uh, someone was saying, oh, well, the two were sold in Florida in 1990 at mm-hmm. one particular show. Right. 
And I mean, you know, that's that's uh, that's ten years of <laughs> of this, you know, one of two figures going all over the world selling for who knows how much, all to eventually wind up in Rick Springfield's hands. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a classic story. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I'm so glad we're able to, be able to talk about it. This is like exactly it's like a dream story it for is. the guy. And not only that, Steve, but it is now our goal. We will not quit. Until we have Rick Springfield on our <laughs> podcast, Rick, if if you can hear the sound of my voice, you know I, I'm, I'm you know we're not gonna we're not gonna ask if it's real or not. I promise you, we won't talk. Ask one question about being a rock star. It'll only be about your collection, because uh, I, I think we all want to know. And what's interesting is you know no one knew that he collected, or very few right. people knew. Right, and, and that posed this whole other debate, Steve. I swear, this. I wish this debate happened like a month later when the baseball season's over, or, or, <laughs> or at least for the Red Sox. Oh, uh, you know when the, uh, and the Dodgers. You know oh. when, when the baseball season's over, so I could really enjoy this uh, this <laughs> a, a very lively debate because I started talking about you know all these off the radar collectors, you know black right. hole collectors, black hole collections, yeah. And uh, what was who, who was it? I think it was. Uh, it was Chip, right? Yeah, that's right. Who posed this kind of metaphysical question, uh, and I'm going to quote him from uh, from the thread. He said, he's talking about black hole collectors, people who are not on Rebel Scum, people who don't share pictures of what they collect. As far as the active collecting community is concerned, those people and their collections don't exist at all. <laughs> if you are on an island, as far as communication with other hobbyists, participating in the hobby, or generally having stuff that only you know about and no one else, you don't count. And that's uh, that's deep. <laughs> that's pretty deep. And Rick, if you're listening, you don't want to disappear. Uh, no. Another reason no, you have no. to come on the Kitecast. But uh, I thought it was deep, and it was really interesting, because then that was countered. Uh, well, first it was countered by some weird troll who was attacking Joe, and that... <laughs> That's, that's uh, a whole other story, yeah. That's a whole other story, which uh, that's as much as we're going to justify that. But it started this whole debate with Arnaud, who's right. one yeah. of the world's – I mean, I don't know. I, I He probably has the most items that I want. That, <laughs> you know, From what I've heard that he has, he has the most items that I want that, I, yeah, that, that I'll never get. Yeah, I don't think you're alone with that. Yeah, I mean that's – everyone says like, oh, went somewhere in France, somewhere in France, and uh, – it's usually him, and mm-hmm. he almost never used to post. He used to be a black hole, but now he yeah, that's, posts from time to time. Yeah, that's what I find so interesting is that he's he's actually, especially like in this thread, he's posting quite a bit. So he's he's interacting, but uh, I don't know. It's almost like he's um, he's enjoying this this mystery thing. He I think he actually like talked about it a couple times in the thread too about how it's just you know leaving things unknown is is kind of fun, which sure it is, but it's also probably really. <laughs> Drives people totally crazy. So yeah, I think he's gone from maybe a black hole to a gray hole. Which, uh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I call. It. But I mean, uh, it. But it was a really good debate, and I think at some point we should have a real debate D eight about mm-hmm. this. Um, about you know what what is a black hole collector? What is their effect on the hobby? You know, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm always out there showing everything, and a lot of people are, and I'm always out there talking, and obviously you know you and I have this Kivecast, so. Uh, yeah. We want people to talk, but at the same time, there is something to this other other style of collecting. Yeah, 
I think that's going to be the end of the good news until we get to the <laughs> Celebration Five coverage. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, things get things get pretty pretty hairy. Um, speaking of hairy, Steve, let's talk about Yak Face. Yakety yak, yakety yak. First of all, right? Uh, well, do you think Yak Face was sponsored by Camel? I've always wondered that. <laughs> I uh, I could totally see it. I mean, I've all he needs is yeah. the shades, and yeah. and he's good. <laughs> and a, and a slightly more phallic nose. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just thinking the timing. I think I don't know if that was when Joe Campbell came around, but uh, anyways, uh, what what yeah. is what is the bagged graded yak face? Uh, bagged yak face figures um, from the thread there that they, they only came from one source, who was a questionable source. I'd never heard of him actually until reading about this thread. But uh, Jason Joiner, you never who, heard? He's, well, I he's I actually in. hadn't. Believe it or not. He's in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records, I believe, as having the world's biggest Star Wars collection. Wow. Uh, yeah. some shows I what I <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he merited it, but I think he somehow got in it. But, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. So yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, anyway, um, yeah, they were, you know, surfaced 15 years ago, um, and they really didn't have any concrete uh, provenance aside from this. And... Um, What's interesting is uh, it was one of them was recently authenticated and graded, um, which you know stirred up a lot of <laughs> debate between people. I guess there's a lot of people that were talking about uh, European baggies that never were granted, you know, the the chance to be authenticated, even though there are other people saying that they remember them, et cetera, et cetera, and that they popped up in other places. But with these bagged yak face, yak face figures, they were only coming from one source, and um, there just isn't a lot of concrete information about them. So people are kind of distraught as far as, you know, uh, it does this deserve to be authenticated, um, what, what's the true reasoning behind it, it you know, etc. So it's, it raises a lot of questions, for sure. Yeah, I mean, people are, are more than distraught. Because, you know, the, yeah. the thing is, I don't know much about baggy collecting, and actually, I, no, think we, we I, should, I, we I don't either. definitely have someone on. To do what they, what we you know what they did for coins for baggies because yeah. I mm-hmm. I don't get it I mean I understand collecting but I don't understand you know I didn't understand what the deal was with the bag yak face but I guess these just don't exist yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in general people don't think they ever sold a bagged yak face so here comes a bagged yak face and the seal is easy to easy to fake and they all came from this person who is. It's not that he was a known scammer, I believe, in uh, mostly in the prop collecting world. Right. It was authenticated by the absolute expert, which is Tom Derby with CIB uh, Collectibles mm-hmm. Investment Brokerage. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds. That's is right. That what it stands for? Anyways, yeah, collectors. Anyway, CIB. We'll just call it CIB, Steve. <laughs> okay. But uh, you know, and, and he, he catches a lot of heat, and I think unfairly quite often. Anytime yeah. anyone has anything wrong with anything that's going on, they just blame him or blame AFA. Right. Um, but I thought it was really sad because I, I do like the CIB service. I think it's important. I think uh, I have nothing against authentication. I think that's a totally worthwhile it's an asset. Yeah. thing. But then this, this COA, it's contingent. It's saying, as far as I can tell, it's, it's real. And until something proves it's not real, I'm going to assume it is real. And it's, it, I, I don't get it, Steve. I don't get why someone would, would stake their reputation on something that says, well, I don't know, it, I guess it, it could be real. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough thing to really pin down. Um, and another thing that was interesting about it, too, was that I, uh, 
I think it was a, re- a reference to a show like in 1994 again, where um, the uh, where Jason had these at a booth, and some people, even Tommy Garvey, who, which right. is really funny, he's like, I was only 12 at the time, but I have a <laughs> recollection of this. But yeah, if, so if anyone would, he would, yeah, yeah. I mean, so they were there with. Some other interesting items, I think they were there with um, stuff that was trying to be sold as prototypes that wasn't, et cetera, et cetera. All things that kind of send red flags. But at the same time, like I think Joseph was talking about how back then baggies were not so scrutinized as they are now. So it's it's really a cloudy issue overall. It's, it's I don't know. It, it, like you were saying, it's tough to really explain how something like that would get authenticated now um, without anything new. So I don't know. I mean, I'm just happy that I don't care about uh, about about bagged yak faces myself. Because <laughs> if I did, this would be really causing me to lose sleep. But, yeah, uh, I, I have it right here. Here's the uh, the actual text from the uh, certificate, certificate of authenticity. Okay. While the exact history related to this specific item remains a mystery, this example has been found to match the characteristics of other known examples, which originated from England in the early to mid 90s. Known examples originated from one source, and each originally included a taped baggy figure, a white mailer, and a planetary map. They were not sold at, for premium prices at the time, and there is thought to be little motivation for them to have been placed into plastic bags for a higher resale value. It is therefore believed that they represented some type of factory overstock or planned promotional special in Europe. Little more is known about the origin of the bag yak face. However, as stated... The bag yak face matches the tape and seal type of other examples with the same origin and is not believed to have been sealed at a later time for sale in the collectible market. If more information about this item type is to surface at a future time, this evaluation may change or offer more insight into the intended use of the item. In other words, it's authentic until I say it's not. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that anyone knows more than Tom Derby about this, so I'm, I'm not saying... He's wrong. I'm just saying it's weird. But that that was sort of like the uh, kind of like the prelude for the real mm-hmm. big news, uh, right? Which which frankly, news so big, it, we may wind up having like a five part celebration uh, coverage because we have to keep on <laughs> making it smaller and smaller each episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this really is uh, is is the bombshell. Uh, I'm trying to think of a more significant scam in the history of collecting since I've been collecting. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I, me neither. I mean, I, I haven't been as in tune with everything that's going on until the last few years. But, I mean, I've heard of other things. But seriously, though, I mean, as far as the things that I've witnessed, nothing nothing like this. I mean, I've heard about... I mean, there have been scams, and we even talked about uh, Billy Boy scams. Billy Boy, yeah. But uh, what we're talking about here is essentially a complete, long-standing, completely fraudulent flooding of the market with fake prototype figures. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just looking right now. I just clicked on uh, Vintage Collecting, and there's 23 people viewing it. I haven't seen yeah. that many people viewing vintage collecting since 1995, uh, 2005, not since uh, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. yeah. And this can't all be Rick Springfield fans. Although no. I think it's mostly about this news. Now, Steve, you and I had heard the, the, the murmurs about this at, at Celebration 5. 
Yeah. And uh, um, Jordan, who runs uh, Hollywood Heroes, uh, was he allowed some of uh, some hard copies to be displayed. So before we go on anymore, Steve, about these fake hard copies, let's just do a little mini vintage vocab as to what exactly a hard copy is. We let them folks change our vocabulary. Change our vocabulary. Vintage. Okay. As to what exactly a hard copy is, Steve, I don't have any okay. hard copies. Do you have any? Uh, I have a couple of hard copy parts. No, no complete ones. But okay. um, once again, basically, s- silent yeah. but denly with his little collection, Mister <laughs> Mister Greyhole himself over there. <laughs> um, so what, uh, what what is a hard copy? Um, well, in essence, they're um, they were. Prototypes used for tooling masters or paint masters. Um, basically, they were, you know, made from the original sculptings for the figures, um, and uh, some pieces were, uh, and they were made of resin um, or you know, a composite resin, uh, either Dynacast or Carbolon were usually the two uh, uh, types used in the vintage line. But um, they, uh, they're all hand done. And they're incredibly detailed, and um, they're slightly larger too, right? Slightly larger uh, because um, they're directly cast off the sculpt, and when they go into production, there's a, a bit of shrinkage that happens with the steel molds, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, they're larger, more detailed, and um, yeah, I mean, it, these they're really, really scarce. Uh, there's just not a lot out there, and um, as you know. The scam kind of shows uh, as prototypes kind of got more and more popular over the years. Um, more and more people were looking for them, etc. And here we are with a bunch of people that, I mean, I had no idea the scope of this. That ended up with pieces that were tracing back to uh, this the scam, and there were or they turned out to be you know fake, and some were better quality, some were worse, um, and so, you know some took really close comparisons with. Uh, authentic pieces to determine that they actually were not real. So, right. I mean, this has yeah. been going on for years and years, and that's what really yeah. takes everyone aback. So, and actually, I you know I posted on the thread saying if anyone wants to uh, to come on the Kivecast and talk about it, I, I said it, I, I was open to it, and I'm even open yeah. in the event that uh, Scott McWilliams is sitting next to Rick Springfield. Uh, <laughs> somewhere in, in California or, or Orlando, listening to this Kivecast together, um, I'd love for either one of them to come on the show. You know, if uh, if Scott wants to come on, if he thinks that this is a uh, appropriate forum for him to defend himself, you know, I'm not. Everything here is alleged, but but boy, yeah. boy, does it seem yeah, it things seem are stacking up. Uh, not not so well for for Scott. No, but. Uh, so, anyways, so getting back to the story, so we were at yeah. Celebration 5, and he had all these hard copies and proto molds and all these other complicated terms that will eventually be in the vintage vocab. Yeah. And, I mean, all of the the super knowledgeable people were kind of looking around at them and all saying they looked a little bit funny, not quite right. And as the weekend went on, it became more and more clear that there was something really not right with these. Right. And I remember seeing... 
the 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 man in question, Scott, at one point, and uh, I mean, he was like he was running away <laughs> from. The, I yeah, mean, he had this look on his face, like, "Oh dear God, please, nobody speak to me." Yeah, no, I actually, I'd, I'd seen him just briefly on one of the days that I hadn't seen many other days, and, and it's funny how often we were actually at that booth, and right, I only saw him once. Um, but yeah, it's. Oh, it's just, it's mind-blowing. And, and essentially, and I think at some point I want to do a um, report from the floor where we talk a little bit about uh, Celebration 5, what, what the floor was like, and uh, your altercation with uh, the nail polish, uh, <laughs> nail polish ATST driver. Um, <laughs> but it's funny to think about all of us sitting there looking at these great pieces, and they're all fake. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Um... Oh well, man, and, and that's the thing. In the scope of it, it wasn't just the stuff there at Celebration Five. This, I, I had a feeling that after the convention was over, I, I thought with what was going on there, something was going to hit the fan. And uh, and then after afterwards, after he kind of uh, he took off, you know, no one could really get in touch with him. I knew something was going to have to come to light about this, and uh, it just it's way bigger than I I'd realized. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's uh, it's all uh, Chris C.J. Fawcett. He he explains all of the ways that you can tell one of these fakes, and there are fourteen lists, fourteen reasons uh, yeah. that these are you know from evidence of filled peg holes, which you think is the easiest thing to spot, to mm-hmm. material colors that are slightly off. Uh, ultimately, it all boils down to provenance, and there were. You know, according to uh, to Ron Salvatore, who's who posts here, he talks about all of the known sources for hard copies, mm-hmm. and he lists one, two, three, four, five, about six or seven, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he said, "This guy Scott shows up, and he's got what you know, like two hundred, yeah, two hundred, yeah, hard copies, yeah, yeah." It's uh, oof. I mean, it, it, to look back on it now, you know, it's like hindsight's twenty twenty. But it would sort of be like someone showing up, being like, uh, "Oh, uh, yeah, I got that stamp with the upside down plane. I got like a <laughs> hundred of them." <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, it's very odd that it went on for so long. Um, and then the thread itself is, it's I, like. It's an amoeba. It's just going and going and going. I I haven't been able to catch up with it yet. It's it's still going. Yeah, it ke- it keeps on going. And there's uh, Chris provides amazing pictures with black lights, so you can see the difference in the mold lines. And then everyone just comes out with their stories about how much money they've lost. I yeah, mean, it's I, I can't imagine not. I mean, having some kind of uh, legal. Proceeding, I just I don't know it, with the amount of money out there that's been lost, or you know, it, it's just it's it's insane. Yeah, it's thousands upon thousands of dollars. I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars, right? Because what happens is these get sold, and then they're held, and then they're sold for more money. Yeah. And what's amazing is that some people have been refunding. It's it's almost like a, a pyramid scheme where everyone's honest except for. The guy at the top of the pyramid, right? So, yeah, you know. So uh, part, you know. So the party A being the scammer sells to party B, who sells to party C, who sells to party D. C plays right. back. C pays back D. B pays back C. 
and then yeah, it just goes back like, along the chain, and, and I mean, it's oh man, it's amazing. It, it's I mean, you know, it's commendable that that everyone's kind of stepping up and making sure that everyone's taken care of. But uh, yeah, I just oh, I can't imagine. I mean, I just can't even imagine trying to deal with it. Yeah. It's I I've been somewhat known uh, as a collector as someone who really doesn't like 3D. Uh, prototypes. <laughs> it's not that I don't like yeah. them. I think they're over overpriced. And uh, I gotta say, this is one case where I'm like, woo-wee! <laughs> it's yeah. it, it's kind of like not liking bagged yak faces. I'm just I'm just yeah. uh, happy to to be able to avoid this. But uh, yeah, I'm just you know I'm wondering what the the long term effects on hard copies specifically. You know what what's how is that going to affect their market in the future? I mean, it's just uh, it's almost like just putting a, um, a hold on it, to right. me, in my mind, it's like every everything's just going to stop dead in the tracks until things are sorted out and things kind of um, calm over, but I, something tells me it's not going to be calm anytime soon. Yeah, what, what I was thinking was, uh, I don't know, like, what about a COA service, you know, like send, yeah. it, send it to, to uh, you know, CJ Fawcett or... Ron or Chris Jorgulius or, yeah. or or Tom Derby, but I mean, you know, or anybody, yeah. and have some kind of okay, this is legit, and this is how you know, and here's pictures of it, and uh, yeah, yeah, because I don't yeah, know but... how it would recover. I mean, I I wouldn't buy one now because if if the experts didn't couldn't tell, how could how could we? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's really really um. Disturbing. It's just, yeah. I, I think with uh, documentation as far as the history of sales and where, you know, concrete evidence of where it came from is like everyone's been, you know, saying is totally crucial in, in things like this. And Yeah. And now, are all your pieces uh, legit? Yes. I, I, yeah. As far as I know, um, the ones I have, I have like a, a viewing pilot arm and a couple other, you know, just parts, and they all trace back to, to trusted finds and sources. So I feel good in knowing that. I mean, when I first started hearing about these, I started to kind of get worried, and um, and I was able to to feel better about it after you know finding out more. But I'm just glad that I'm just glad that I wasn't getting into these as much as I would have liked to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I was a bro- I'm glad to be broke. broke. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting how that worked out. I to just get one piece, you know, one part was a huge deal for me. So, um, and, and you know, it's always been like I've been wanting to get a complete painted hard copy for years and years. I just never had the means to start going for it. And um, you know, I'd still love to in the future, but now it's it's like a it's a lesson learned before actually getting involved in it. So it, it's just yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Not, not much more to say, but uh, it's I'm sure this is going to be like a running feature as as more stuff occurs and and starts to you know formulate. I'm sure there'll be plenty of news relating to this, yeah, for a long time to come. I mean, uh, the the journalist in me uh, is happy, but uh, the collector in me is is very sad. It's, it's really yeah, it's a it was a bad bad uh, day. I mean, it's it's horrible. But yeah, it's uh. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that at least yours is safe, because seriously, what kind of sick, twisted individual 
uh, would counterfeit a B-wing arm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's you know, a special chamber of hell for somebody who would do that. <laughs> Oh man! Oh yeah. Well, so, uh, what, should we uh, should we get into some some uh, some lighter lighter topics? <laughs> yeah, let's get into some lighter topics, Steve. I, I think we should. Uh, I think we should should we get back to Celebration Five. Should we do a little bit more uh, Celebration Five news? Uh, Works. Yeah. Well, actually, the last piece of news that I had um, comes from the the previously mentioned archivist uh, Tommy. <laughs> okay. I think that's a cool name for him, the archivist. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, because he is absolutely the archivist of this hobby. I mean, uh, I mean, part of me felt when when we were starting this that you know we should almost call it the Tommy Cast because uh, <laughs> that would it's, be appropriate. It's yeah. all the kind of stuff that that he likes. But uh, I figured there might be something else called Tommy Cast, and he was not. <laughs> I had never talked to him about it. Anyways, what he had done, what he what he had done. And I'm a language teacher, Steve. Um, what he's done is he created the uh, HHA, the Hobby. Oh man, the what? Hobby, Hobby History Archive. Hobby right? History Archive. Yes. And to that, he's added things from Celebration Five, including our first Kivecast about C Five. Nice. Did you see that? What, no, let's see. I haven't. I haven't gone in to check. I'd, I'd seen the, the videos. I haven't seen the the newer stuff yet. Other than that. And what he's done is he's put up YouTube videos of all the collector panels. So, Steve, uh, we already talked about the collector panels. Do you remember that? I do remember the conversation, but I, I remember you telling me also that somehow it <laughs> it, it, got, it got hexed. <laughs> it got completely hexed. You see, I, I gave Steve uh, a, a lot of grief for the fact that he, he <laughs> didn't come to my uh, to the panel that I I was the interviewer for. <laughs> and uh, I think I was a little bit too rough on him, and uh, and my computer just said, "No, forget it. You're not going to have it." And it just it took it right away. Took it right out of GarageBand. I opened up GarageBand, and that whole segment was gone. So uh, we're going to have to talk about the collector panels. How about how about now? That works. <laughs> All right. So let's go in Tommy's order instead of the okay. orders of the days. Let's go, and I say we talk about all the ones that he's uploaded up until now, uh, September 23rd. Okay. So, the first one is the most provocative one, Steve. The end of Star Wars collecting. Did, did you see this? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I remember uh, that, was, that was the very last one, wasn't it? That's right. It was the very yeah. last one, and uh, I took a lot of issue with this one. Um, <laughs> And I, I think you did too. Uh, I liked it because it was it had a very strong perspective. It was it was very provocative. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought in the end, I think it was supposed to scare us. But really, what I think it it did was it made me think, oh, good, our hobby's totally safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he he explained what is it that means a hobby is is sick or is about to die. And let's That's see. right. There was a lot of uh, statistics involved, and um, right. things that I, I when I went into the panel, I know I was not expecting anything quite like that. So, right, it was like he listed that the the 
the menial, the medium age, the median age uh, should be young and not old, and actually is a pretty young hobby. Uh, there has to be enough stuff to buy, and well, I think there's enough stuff to buy. Uh, right. He, he listed a sign of the hobby's strength: the high eBay sell-through rate, um, and then its coverage in magazine. And the one that I like the most, Steve, was he saying that the sign that a hobby is dying is that there's no more information coming out. And that's, uh, I think we're okay for that. And why are we okay for that, Steve? Who is the number one source for all Star Wars collecting information right now? <laughs> Dare I say it? I don't know, man. Are we, are we number one? <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're number one in uh, uh, podcasting about vintage Star Wars collectibles <laughs> hosted by people whose names both begin with S. <laughs> that's, uh, that's for number one. I do like yeah. that. Are we number one? That that should be our uh, our slogan. <laughs> I don't know. Are we number one? But anyways, you know, I, there there is a lot of of information coming out, and as we've seen by all this uh, amazing things that have come out in the last week. Um, now I did like too. We got a shout out for the Kive cast, but uh, I, if you remember, Steve, I had to put Elling, who I like very much. But uh, he's he, he's he's on my enemies list because uh, <laughs> he said Sky when he <laughs> talked about the Kivecast and not Steve and Sky. Right. <laughs> but you're quite magnanimous, Steve, and you said for me to uh, drop it. So uh, he hey, Elling's cool. I I I I don't take any issue with it. That's uh, he's still on I my enemies list. You sticking up for me though. <laughs> I like you sticking up for me. I appreciate that too. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just uh, I'm kidding. It was, it was it was great to be mentioned. Um, but yeah, and that was, uh, in the end, I thought it was, the thing that really freaked me out about that talk was, (laughs) I don't know why, but he kept on making reference to all of us dying. Do you remember that, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you watch it, he seemed to be like the chances of one, someone in this room dying on their way home is one in two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I was, you know, I'm kind of afraid of flying. So I'm like, (laughs) Wasn't a good thing for you to hear. Like, no. oh, I'm probably going to die on the way home to see my family. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was good. Now I think it was a good way to end it because it was provocative and uh, and it was just funny. You know, it was, it was very funny. And then what's the next one on the list, Steve? That uh, see, that he brought up. See, I'm I'm actually I'm about, I gotta apologize for this. I've been trying to load that thread for the last like five minutes, but I think I have too many threads open. It will not let me open it. <laughs> so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to guide me through this. All right. Well, it's uh, almost from a galaxy far, far away. Oh yeah, so uh, the, the, the knockoffs. Yeah, right. that was the knockoffs. Uh, did you, we were were we staying together? Yeah, I think we one, went right? to that. I think we went to that one together. That that was uh, <laughs> easily one of the best. <laughs> yeah, that was great because. They've been uh, all the, the the bootleg overlords, um, and that's what they call themselves. So I don't I don't feel bad teasing them about that. Uh, they had been saying they were going to do something special and something different because normally whenever they do the bootleg panel, it's always the Uzes and the Polish stuff, and it's great and it's always worth seeing. But you know we we've seen it a couple times by now. But this is yeah. all about knockoffs items that are. <laughs> Close to, but not exactly Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, what, what, what were some of the things you remember from that, Steve? Uh, I remember a lot of like Yoda statues that were really ugly but yeah. beautiful <laughs> at the same time. 
<laughs> banks yeah. and lamps and stuff. I mean, stuff that would take a lot of time to make, yet didn't quite <laughs> represent Yoda in the, in the slightest sense. I, I don't know. They were amazing, though. <laughs> yeah, it was all ceramic. That's what uh, what what Ron's been collecting, and I have some some ceramic Chewbacca's from that era, where you could just buy a kit and you could paint it yourself. Yeah, and you know they'll throw lights on there and glow eyes. And I have this one <laughs> where I I've been I've tried to figure out the pattern. The lights blink intermittently, but I think it's complete chaos theory. Like it doesn't blink with any consistency <laughs> at all. And it's the light, it's the eyes that light up. Oh and, man! And the, and the electronics are from the '80s, so it's it, it truly is a terrifying ghost, Chewbacca. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, Joe went into a lot of the knockoffs from Japan, which uh, which I, I think will feature a little bit more in, in the future when we go back to Japan again. Uh, okay. But of course, he had the the Nazi R two D two, which oh, that's right, that's right, I remember that. Oh, which has to be <laughs> one of the one of the nicest pieces, and. Uh, yeah, I mean that was just that's definitely one if if you're going to go back and watch uh, one of the panels on YouTube, that's probably one you want to see just because it's just so funny and it's it's easy to follow and and it goes very quickly and uh yeah, and there's just a lot of a lot of great images there. And uh the, the next one uh on the list is animation collecting. Yeah, I I actually um I had missed this in person, but I was watching it the other day. I was actually starting to try and go back and catch all the ones I didn't get to see. And um, this was Shane's, right? Uh, yeah, it was Shane. So. Yeah, that that was the day that uh, that I was emceeing, and he was the the first yeah. one up there. Right. Yeah, and it's uh, it it was it was a great panel. I mean, it's very that actually was featured on StarWars.com dot com as well. And uh, if, if I get my act together, I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> And it's, I, I have like a kind of a soft spot for some of the animation stuff because, uh, you know, that was, I was, I definitely remember not watching the show, but having the, <laughs> the merchandise. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I remember it's, well, we'll, well, we've been going pretty dark today, so I'll, I'll take us down a, a nice memory. It was, <laughs> uh, I remember I was going to go see a Boston Bruins game and it must have been 1984. And I had the, the Ewoks preschool calendar. And I huh. remember, because they were going to go play the Edmonton Oilers, and Wayne Gretzky was sick or something. He wasn't going to be playing, but I didn't care. Uh-huh. And I remember, <laughs> I was in second grade, and they had, they had stickers. And you could take one sticker that said, the best day of the year. And huh. I put that sticker on that day. And for some reason, like that memory of that Ewoks uh-huh. calendar and that, you know, going to the Boston Garden, <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> that's awesome man but that didn't make it into his panel so no no, no. oh yeah it's funny I, I actually had a couple of the animated figures before I actually watched the show like we were kids and we saw these videotapes at the video store and, like there's other Star Wars something and so we right. rented them it's like the coolest thing in the world but yeah I, all the detail it goes into about the animation cells and, and how some things are uh, almost they're kind of created for the collector market while other things are straight from production. I mean, right. it's it's really insight. I mean, a lot of insight. It's crazy. Yeah. I actually picked up two cells there at the show, um, which is the first two that I ever had. And actually, one was a birthday gift for somebody. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're neat items. And it's all the other stuff that goes along with it, too. I mean, it's... It's a whole other. It's a whole other world, really. That's right. Yeah, you picked up the one where it looks as though uh, 
C-3PO is making untoward advances towards R2-D2. <laughs> That's that right? right. He's kind, yeah, of, he's kind yeah. of behind him with kind of a coy look in his face. Yeah. He, or he's actually, he's, a, he's like holding him like a baby. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Moving on. <clears throat> moving on, yeah. <laughs> uh, Partners in Collecting is the next one. Now, I really wanted to see that, but uh, I, yeah, I, I want them to do it again so that I can bring my wife. Hopefully she'll make it to the next celebration. My kids will be old enough. But uh, I love the idea that, uh, you know, what is it to be married to a collector? And, uh, you know, I what I actually hope to have is, is children of collecting. And that would be, you know, in 10 years. And, uh, yeah. It's a good fall. Okay. Have baby, baby silent but Danley whenever you decide <laughs> to settle down. <laughs> Which uh, we at some point will talk about uh, your, your experience with the speed dating. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, Steve, I'm surprised you, that hasn't been revealed yet. Oh well, Steve, I don't like teasing you, but uh, no, no. Anyways, I, I did. I, I know you and Starla got married. Did you like negate the marriage, or I mean, you? She's living with you still? Ah, uh, no, she's gone. Starla. Well, I, I think Starla's listening because that's what 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 drew her to you at the speed dating. She was like <laughs> silent, but Danley. Yeah. Anyways, it was. Uh, we have it on tape. We'll have to we'll have to get it out there. Um, <laughs> And then there's the uh, the international collecting panel. Did uh, did you see that one? Uh, that yeah yeah I did see that one. Uh, you were you were uh, emceeing for that too, weren't you? No no. Oh wait, was I emceeing? International. Yeah, that was with yeah. uh, M A and uh, and yeah, that's I'm, right. So yeah, because I tried to uh, I think I tried to say hello in all their different languages. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. I tried to do. Yeah, that was, uh, again, that was kind of like the knockoff panel, too, where they tried to do something different. You know, they tried to have people tell a personal story. Yeah, that's right. But then half of them didn't do it, but then half <laughs> didn't do it, it was still interesting, so... Yeah, uh, it was, uh, uh, that's right, that was Matias' story about the, the grumpy, disgusting toy store <laughs> in, uh, owner in Sweden, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because I've heard that story, you know, two or three times, and it's yeah. always funny. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about those AT ATs. Oh man, yeah. And uh, and Mark Salati, he he has all the letters he used to write to Kenner, which are great. Oh yeah, and, that's uh, right. And you know, Ame didn't do a personal story, but he showed all the Noyoshi Ohai. I just butchered his name, but the the great Japanese poster artist. And he showed images I'd never seen before, and that was really hard because as the MC, I had to rush everything. Along, I had to tell everyone, oh, okay, keep it moving. You know, I had to do this whole thing where I'd stand up one minute before they were supposed to stop. And, like, yeah. I just, I was enraptured. I'm like, I want to hear everything <laughs> about, about Orai, because I don't know anything about him, but I, I had to rush yeah. him off. Well, that's a tight spot to be in. Yeah, and that's, that's another one, too. I, I would say, if we're going to sort of star a few, if you, if you can't watch them all, that's a really good one. Especially just, Matias is, as I said, he is like... <laughs> uh, he's like a talk show host, man. He's just he's just rolling. He's like, well, there's like no more funny talk show host anyway. So he's uh, he's like a stand-up comedian. He's really yeah. funny. And uh, then the next one on there, Steve, happens to be uh, Star Wars collecting podcasts. Yeah, that's right. That was uh, an interesting experience, uh, to say the least. <laughs> now, now you've had a little bit of time. You were so self-conscious in the moments after. How, how do you evaluate our performance uh, at, at our podcasting panel? I think we did all right. I actually I watched it. Um, you did? Oh man, day. I can't. I can't watch. 
You can't watch it? See, that's so funny. Like, I was dying up there, and I actually, at first, I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. And then I'm like, oh, I got to watch it and see how bad it really was. And it actually <laughs> wasn't that bad. Um, that's awesome, Steve. Maybe that'll give me the courage to go ahead and, and do it. I, I got a lot of head shaking going on in there. <laughs> it's probably the most common thing I do is shake my head. <laughs> what? Uh, no, it's good. Yeah, it, it was a really good experience. I'm really happy that that Gus, uh, you know, Gus allowed us on there. It was really cool to meet, uh, you know, Marjorie and Arnie. Yeah, and uh, you know, we it was really great because I think we did get some new listeners from it, uh, and I think it was just nice to really recognize what we're doing. Um, yeah, the, the idea that this well, really does help, not just vintage collecting, but collecting in general. And, yeah, I mean, I, I was, you know, kind of hoping all the cheers in the audience were for us, but I really knew that they, they weren't. I was just kind of, you know, it was a good feeling to have a cheering crowd every once in a while, even though uh, I think... Uh, oh, I see what you're saying, Steve. So they weren't cheering, you remember? They weren't cheering for us. <laughs> they were cheering just for you. I, I see. Oh, no. No, it's, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get any, uh, or I didn't get any tomatoes thrown at me. No, no. no it was, I, they, there was a couple of cheers for us. I mean, the thing that was really great was all the Wampa Wampas that we got. Yeah. The okay, sure, we would only give away the pin if you said Wampa Wampa. But still, it, there was a certain excitement to people when they said <laughs> Wampa Wampa to us. So I think my favorite was all the dudes with the with the kind of southern accents. You know, Wampa Wampa. <laughs> but now I'm now I'm here in western New York. It'd be more like Wampa Wampa. <laughs> they got a crazy accent out here, man. Uh, oh man! <laughs> yeah, it went really well, and and hey, if you know if you're listening to this, check it out and and let us know how it was. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that you were able to watch it, Steve, because that was just <laughs> that was a lot of stress. Uh, and the next was Star Wars prototypes, and yep. neither one of us has seen it, right? Or or um, one of us was there. I think I was there. Yeah, I was there for that one. That was Gus and Duncan. Yeah. Um, it kind of it's stuff that um, you know for people new to to collecting or you know just you know, the general knowledge of the Kenner prototypes. It was really a good intro. They had a lot of images um, that I don't think they'd ever used before, which was neat. And um, it's also a um, good way for them to to get people. Uh, aware of their book that was coming out too which was uh, awesome I know we both picked one up and um, it's a crazy thing to look through I still haven't had the time to, to look through everything just kind of glanced at it yeah, but I want to like sit down for like four hours and go through it yeah I, I, I gotta tell you Steve you know like I said the entire museum right now is just uh, let's see six Star Wars card backs on my crate and barrel desk here so that book has become very important to me because I yeah. keep it out. And that's like my only connection to my hobby. And I've really yeah. finally had a chance to look through it. And oh, it is just, it's just great. That, I mean, really go out and get it. Uh, you know, we'll give the links again. And it's not just because uh, the executive producer of this podcast is the co-author. It is just an excellent, excellent book. And I'll have to go back and, and watch the presentation too because... Uh, it's just great, especially now with, with all of the unfortunate uh, stuff about fake yeah. prototypes. Maybe this will drum up more, inter more interest in, in real prototypes. Um, one would hope, yeah. yeah. And then the next one, Steve, uh, is the Star Wars Collectibles author panel. 
Now, were, were, were you there uh, in, in the room when this This one, I, I didn't get there yet. The, the first didn't, one I saw with you is with uh, with the International Collector, so I didn't get to see this one. It didn't, didn't make it to the Collectibles author panel. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was in the CMC, Steve. You know, I was, I was actually the, yeah, you know, I was like the interviewer. That's, you know. Yeah. That. You must have been doing something me. very, very, very important. What, what, what actually, were you doing again, Steve? What I was doing, actually, it's just kind of crazy. I was trying to figure out what to do with this crazy huge display that I had just found and I was walking around the convention with it and I had no idea what to do so I yeah I I like looked at the time like oh my god it started right now and I was holding this like <laughs> by five foot display and I and I didn't know what to do so I just ran back to the hotel and put it there and I came back and by the time this this panel was already over but I didn't make it to the next one <laughs> all right well, that's a good excuse I thought you were waiting in line for the Hasbro exclusive <laughs> no, no, you should have seen me, man. I was a mess. You should have brought it into the panel. We would have had it up there. It would have been great. I think that may have been worse. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, for anyone who's talked to me. That was probably you know I've done you know very you know I had a job interview with Yale. I've done public speaking all across the world. You know I've done a lot of very high stress situations, but I've never been more stressed than I was having to be the interviewer uh, of, you know, it was it was uh, Shane, Ann Newman, Pete Vilmer, Duncan Jenkins, Gus Lopez, Steve Sansweet, and Todd DiMartino. It's a full, full table. It's a full <laughs> table. It, it's it's funny. Um, I Oh, by the way, the interview with Yale went terribly, so I don't want to sound like a snob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that I was so nervous. And that when I saw that, I almost wanted to ask Tommy not to even upload it because I'm just oh no, I'm just so nervous. Oh, I'm never going to look at that. I may watch our podcast, but that uh, <laughs> did you get, have you had a chance to watch it on YouTube? No, that one I haven't gotten to that one yet. I was it's on anything that I didn't see. I'm planning on watching. So is there <laughs> if you don't want me to watch it, I I can uh, I can no, oblige. No, I'd, I'd love you to watch it eventually. <laughs> I know you're still running around California there with that display thing just to avoid having to watch this panel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a really great time, and uh, it was just amazing to be able to have all those people there in the same room. And you know, yeah. I'm 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 not just a collecting nerd; I'm a collecting book nerd. So uh, it, it was it was very awesome to be able to ask uh, be up there and ask everybody. And it got a little weird at times. I mean, Steve Sansweet went off on this rant about um, about how he got somebody. Uh, he, he like screwed somebody out of uh, some money, uh, some rights to old drawings, and you'll have to watch it. It's very uh, wow. It, it wound up being this kind of weird. Like you couldn't tell if he was joking or not. But uh, uh-huh. anyways, the good thing with with him is you don't really have to worry about being a good interviewer because he just he takes it and runs. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, well, so you know what, Steve? Why don't should we just save the next four for the next Kivecast? Because we're going yeah. well over a yeah, year and a half here. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, that's fine. Why don't we tease what we're going to do next month? Okay. Um, there's that really excellent Limelight, which has unfortunately been overshadowed by all the scandals. Um, but the yeah. Limelight by Dil Baca, which you know we may want to try and Steve, you're going to have a, a collectors meeting soon, right? Yeah, um, that's that's gonna be in November. Um, just starting to kind of get all the details together for that. So, well, that's, you, you should try and get get uh, get him to come, and maybe you could do yeah. an interview 
you know, yourself. You can, you can ask him all those questions. Um, yeah. But as far as what's going to definitely happen uh, in Kivecast number nine, we're going to stretch out the Celebration 5 coverage even more. <laughs> Although by that time, I'm sure it'll be discovered that, I don't know, Kenner was really a uh, front for the Medellin drug cartel or something. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of bombshells are going to come out next. But, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a typical haul um, that a vintage collector might have at a convention. You know, basically just an excuse for Steve and I to do show and tell. We'll talk about <laughs> that, that great display you got, uh, all the yeah. items, uh, blueprints, coloring books, uh, uh, Cheez Its. <laughs> um, we'll talk about Mickey Mickey Mouse R two D two, and Steve. I've been very excited about this, but uh, I was given some not exclusive information, but fairly unknown information about the existence of Lily Lady proofs. And ah, uh, uh, that's right. We're going to okay. talk more about that next month. That is, uh, uh, that will be the October. And we're, we're approaching October. I got to edit this thing and get it out. I think I don't think there's going to be that much editing, except for the part where uh, I made all those terrible, terrible comments. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you just have to wonder what those are about. But yeah, and uh, I think as always, Steve, why don't why don't we take a look at the uh, the old uh, baseball scores, huh? Oh my goodness! Let's, all right, uh, let, let's see here. Uh, well, I I've been on quite a tear lately, and I managed to. <laughs> As of Sunday, I was in first place, and uh, I dropped back down considerably to second place. But uh, I, I am uh, ahead of Steve at this point. <laughs> I think you're pretty much ahead of me for good. <laughs> I could be, but you never know. But anyways, you're not interested in that, uh, Space Freaks. So I guess uh, we, we should uh, pack up the pack up the Cavcast for now and uh, we'll come back to you next month with more uh, scandal news and belated C5 coverage. Adios. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars all names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise